Uh, we're going to begin with a bit of scripture. It's small, I apologize for that. If it's large enough for you to see, would you stand and let's together read God's word that comes to us from 2 Corinthians. Read with me aloud, please. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Part of what we're attempting to do, thank you, uh, is to see what is invisible, all right? And uh, I don't know about you, but that sounds impossible. And yet that's kind of what God invites us into because he has put himself within us. We can't see him. And so we live lives of faith. We live lives of hope. And it becomes critical that we develop the skill of doing what we cannot do on our own, and that is to see the invisible. And if he tells us to do it, then we know that it's possible. And so that's what we're going to work on tonight. Um, I've asked a few of you if you would be willing to share some other scriptures. And um, I think what I'm going to do is, if the four of you would mind just standing right now, everybody stand who's reading for us, and um, who's got First Chronicles 28.9, all right, I'm going to give you the mic, and when you're done, who's got Second Chronicles? You're going to go there with the mic, and then Jeremiah. Oh, and Hubert, you're going to give it to Paul, and then Paul, you're going to give it to Cammie. All right, so hear now the word of the Lord. And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Second Chronicles 7.14 And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Hebrews 11.6. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. What do you hear in this? Yep, somebody said it. Let me hear it out loud. What's the word that you heard over and over in, this pas in these passages? Yes, say it. 
a little louder. Whisper it louder and then more will hear. A little more. Pick up what the other said. Oh, you got it. Yeah, good job. Seeking. 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 Have you ever been in a situation where um, you needed an answer from God? And um, you even went to lots of people and you said, I need God's wisdom. I need his direction. I want that so desperately. And, and um, people come to me and say that. They say, Judy, you know, how do, I want to I be obedient. I want to walk with God. I want to do what he wants me to do, you know, and trying to figure that out. And, and, and we'll talk and I'll listen. And it's like, and, but God, he's just so quiet. I mean, you know, tell me what that means. How does God seem quiet? He just doesn't tell me. And sometimes I'll go, okay, how are you seeking him? Well, I'm worrying a lot. Yeah, but how are you seeking him? Well, I pray about it. Good. How do you pray? I do. I, I know you do. How? God, help me. Yeah, good. How much do you seek? Tonight is about seeking. If we serve a God who for reasons that go beyond what I understand, chooses to hide himself from us in some ways, then it is on us to seek. And the beauty of it is, is that he promises that if we seek, anybody, those of you who know Jeremiah, that passage well, we're saying, I want to know what you want, God. And, and what does he finally say in the end? If you seek, you will what? Get your answer or what? Find him. That's what this is all about. The seeking isn't about clarity in decision making, although he helps us with that. The seeking is about greater intimacy with this God who loves us more than we will ever know in our entire life. That's why we seek. That's what we're seeking. So, this, this next little thing that we're going to do is, I, I have to give credit to John Drury. I had him come in one day and teach this spiritual direction class, one, a couple hours of it, because John's so good at it. And, and he brought this concept, and I love it, and so we get to do it tonight. We get to share it. So this is Where's Waldo? Can you kind of see it? I know it's awfully far away. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use big pictures. First of all, I'll do, okay, I spy with my little eye um, a riverboat. Who can find the riverboat? Since you found it, up, oh, Cammie found it. Anybody else? Oh, quite a few of you are finding it. There it is, down front. It's large. Now, um, I spy with my little eye a weird sun face. How many see it? Good, good. All right, that's I spy. And that's one way to play. Now, look again, and I'm going to ask you a different question. All right. What I'm going to ask you, first of all, is what do you see up there? A few of you tell me. I know it's far away. But what, those of you who are in the back, you can turn around and probably see that little one better. What do you see? Tell me something you see. Two or three of you, quickly. Octopus. An octopus. What else? Red and white. That red and white swirly thing. That's kind of big, isn't it? What else? Tents. Tents. What? River. River. Okay. The one, two three, four, or five of you who just said that. Here's my next question for you. What else do you see? Look again. Tell me more. Trees. Go. 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 What else do you see, Jenny? <laughs> 
Okay, the, the three of you who can see, what else do you see? Good, go. Good, what else do you see? Porta potties up there. Can anybody see the naked men? There are two naked men up there. Up there in the river, Sam. Don't look, don't look. All right, all right. What else do you see? A ship, what? Water, good. What else do you see? What? People, good. All right, here's the deal, folks. This is John's thing. What else do you see? And this is my question for you. What's the difference between plain I spy and plain what else do you see? What happens when you switch this game? You tell me right now. What? Say it again. You keep looking, all right? When you're doing the what else do you see, you, you just, you know, your eyes are going all over and it's like, what else is up there? Let me find it. What else? Tell me another difference between these two games. You're not told what to look at. It's, it's on you, isn't it, to find this. It's up to you to discover whatever it is that you're going to discover. What else is true when you... You move away from the obvious. You see things that are more subtle. Good. What else? What else do you see as more options? Much more options. You're going to study the picture a lot better, aren't you? What else is different between these two? Well, for those of you who don't know what spiritual direction is, spiritual direction is a game of what else do you see. All right? Spiritual direction is not about, um, okay, now I want you to look for this with God. But spiritual direction is that when you sit with another person and that person who is your spiritual director um, walks beside you as you are saying what else you see. And sometimes when it's hard to see, they may just encourage you to sit with God a little longer until God himself shows you a little more so that kind of God does I spy with my little eye <laughs> but he knows what to have us look for for us as his children what we um, what we get to learn to do is play this game for the rest of our lives what else do you see about God where do you see him? Where is he active when he seems most silent? How is he working in you in ways that you've just never even noticed? So what we're going to practice, what we're going to try to do tonight, is what we're going to call God questions. I want you to think about something for just a moment. When you think of the last 24, 48 hours of your life, pause for a moment and consider that. How many people that you love actually paused and said to you, so what's happening with you and God? So how is God active? What are you learning from him? What have you found in his word on your own? What from Sunday's 
wonderful time of worship is God um, speaking and re reviving and renewing again and again in your heart. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but what I've started to find is that that number is very small. We love one another, and we love God, but somehow Satan's done this little number on us, and he's taught us to talk about everything under the sun but him. And so tonight, my challenge to you, and it's going to be very practical, we're going to work on this together, is to be courageous enough and to develop a couple skills in asking God questions of one another and of ourselves. So I want you to think back. This is Isaiah, my youngest great-nephew. I want you to think back over your week, and I want you to sit very quietly, and I'm going to give you um, 90 seconds. So everybody grab paper and a pencil. You're not going to share this part with anybody. But what I want you to do for the next 90 seconds, and again, I'm going to time you, I want you to think over your week for the last week since you were those of you who were here last week go back go back to last week and move up to today and I want you to write down absolutely everything you can remember that you did all right not I don't want any details just well you can do details too but what did you do over the last seven days get ready I'm watching the clock get set go You're making a list of what you did over the last week. Okay, you're done. Now, this is what we're going to do. I want you to look for God in some of those events. I'm sorry, that's too small. I should have made it bigger. Um, some things to consider, though. First of all, God may not be like a beautifully wrapped present. Um, Rod, my husband, is in Patagonia, and um, he was getting lots of Amazon boxes for weeks before he left to get ready for the trip. I love presents. Rod could care less about presents. Rod's going to Patagonia. I'm staying home and working. And a few days before he left, I could tell I was getting a little bit jealous. And I thought, this is not right. He's getting presents. He's getting to travel. I'm staying home. I'm getting no presents. And so I said to Rod, I need presents. And I need them badly. And you need to order them so they arrive every day while you're gone. <laughs> All right? And so when I drive up in the evening, guess what I see on my porch? presents. All right? 
I can see those boxes from half a block away. God's not always that easy to find. Okay? So he's, in those events that you've just identified, he may not have shown up on your porch like a present. His presence also might be hidden behind the situation, um, almost behind a cloud at times. When our hearts are heavy or when the situation is heavy, situations that are hard on us, kind of, they cover us, don't they? Have you ever experienced that? It's, it's like when, when things feel out of your control and, and when you're worried or you have doubt, it's like a cloud comes over and it's so difficult to see anything but the cloud. And sometimes he is through the cloud. You know, it feels like he's gone. But, but he's hidden behind a cloud. Um, sometimes he might be too visible, too familiar, too near. Have, have you ever um, looked all over for your glasses? H have, you ever, have you ever looked hard and long for your cell phone while you're talking on it? Every now and then I'm like, where did I put it? I can't believe I misplaced it again. Just a minute. Can I put this down while I, oh, I'm on my cell phone, you know. Have, have you ever looked in a drawer for something and, and somebody that you love said, it's right there, I know it's right there, and you're looking and you're pawing and you're digging and it's, and they come right over and they reach right over your shoulder and just, I propose to you that sometimes God is just too familiar to us. He's closer than our glasses on our head. But, but we don't have eyes to see him. And so we miss him and we turn to one another and say, I can't find him. But I want you to look for him right now. All right? Here's some ways to help you look for him. When you were doing one of those things on your list, pick one of them. When you were doing that, I want you to ask yourself, where was God? And I want you, this may seem real creepy to some of you, but if you feel safe enough, try it. You don't have to, though. But even if you need to close your eyes for a moment and see the situation and say, Father God, where were you then? Were you in the room with us? Were you... Did you have your back turned to us? Where were you? And actually close your eyes and look for God in that moment. That's one possibility. Another way for you to do this is when you felt a particular way on that list that you just made, what provisions had God already put in place in your life that offered care and comfort through that time of hardship? A third possibility is when that person did that thing to you, how did their behavior impact God? What might God want to come out of that hurtful moment? Okay? Do you understand what you're doing? You don't need to do all three of those. You don't need to do any of those. But I want you to look back, and I'm going to give you two minutes, and I want you to sit before God and say, Father God, I want to see you in one of these moments in my life where I kind of thought you were absent. Everybody clear in what you're doing? Okay, go for it.
Um, and so we see, I, I believe, that God is far more active in our lives than I've given him credit for. Now, what I'd like you to do next is identify people that are in your life. And I want you to think of all ages and lots of settings. So we've got a basketball scene. We've got Meyer. We've got going to the doctor, uh, the mailman, the person who comes, the UPS delivery person. <laughs> um, so those are situations in your life. Um, people, young and old, all ages, little bitty ones, older ones, the people who, um, who are very dear and precious to you and those maybe that you don't know so well. Maybe, maybe it really is the, the person on the register at Meyer. all right? But I want you to think about all the people that God has placed in your life. Ask God, oh, wait, I don't want to go there yet. And right now, I'm going to give you just about 30 seconds to write down as many people as God brings to mind that are in your life. And think both deep and close, and just that they're in your life because they live in Grant County and you run into them. Okay? Ready? Go. Okay, stop. Now that you're thinking of people, I'm going to ask you to ask God to remind you of a particular conversation you have had with one of those people in recent days. And, and what I really want you to do right now is sit quietly, uh, don't write anything, but just sit and open your mind up to our precious Father and, and see if there's a conversation that he will bring to mind for you, probably a conversation um, of somebody that trusted you in some way. Now, let me, let me identify trust, okay? You can build trust with the person who's on the cash register at Meyer. All right, if you're in line and you are kind and you are courteous and you speak to them and look them in the eye and thank them for their help, by the time you check out, they, you've built a level of trust with them compared to you're standing in line and you are so ticked because that person cut in front of you. And are they ever going to open another line? And how long do I have to wait? It's Grant County for crying out loud, you know? And by the time you get to them, you're slamming things on the carrier and you are, you know, it's like, mm, uh, in everything you do, probably you're not building trust with them. Just guessing, all right? Um, it, so it may be somebody like that. It, it may be somebody that, um, that talked to you because they did trust you and, and they, they brought to you a situation that was very dear to their heart, and so they talked about something kind of big. It could be anywhere in between there. But sit for a moment and just ask the Lord to bring a conversation to mind, and then once you have it, and don't just do the first thing. All right, sit with it. See if, if that's really what God, the conversation God wants you to focus on. And then when you've got it, go ahead and jot down a couple words to remind yourself of the conversation.
We good? Can we go? Can we do the next step? Ready? Nod your heads. If, do you need another minute? Okay. Um, what I want you to do before you start to write a question is I want you to have some principles for asking God questions. Again, I'm sorry this is small. I didn't think it was that small. Um, first of all, you have to earn the right to help another person see the invisible. Uh, go back to the Meyer example. You, you have not earned the right to uh, say anything about God if you've been a jerk in the line. And don't discredit God by suddenly sounding pious with God talk when you've acted like the devil himself. All right? Those two things don't go together. We have to earn the right. And so the way you live your life with your people matters. Um, doesn't mean you have, we're never going to, we're always going to um, need God's grace. So I'm not talking about you get it right every moment. But overall, is your relationship with some people such that um, for them to hear you talking about God would not make them be in a state of shock. Okay? Um, secondly, when you want to have a God conversation, this is really important, everybody. I'm going to let you do something with me right now, okay? You want to offer rather than impose. Will you do that with me? You want to offer rather than impose. Do it one more time. You want to offer rather than impose, all right? Because anytime I impose a question on you in a way that I am elevated above you, you know, it's, it's kind of like, if I come up, Alex, yeah. yes, if I come up to Alex and I go, Alex, so, you know, how's it going with you and God? You poor little spiritual dweeb. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's kind of an imposition. All right. It's not an invitation. Contrast that to... Hey, Alex, um, you know, as I've been thinking about you, I've just wondered, what's happening with you and God these days? Can, can you feel the difference? It's in your tone. It's in your spirit. It's in your companionship rather than superiority, okay? Whenever you're talking God questions. Another one is remember the importance of silence as you search together. So let's say that you really, over the next couple days, God lays it upon your heart, and you decide, I, I really, I, I believe God wants me to do more of this. I believe there are places in my life where God, with my kids, I think God wants me to talk about Jesus more, you know? Well, folks, when you ask a God question, in many cases, it's foreign. So when you ask it, do it with courage and then shut up, all right? Because instead what we do is, you know, so we go to Alex and I say, so what's, what's happening with you and God these days? I mean, is it too offensive? Should I not have asked that? I mean, and, and I, don't, I don't mean in all areas, and you don't really have to tell me anything like super personal, but I just, you know, ask the question, so what's happening? And shut your mouth. They need silence. They need time to be able to think about that. And if you don't know what else to do, count to 20. 
Okay, just 10. I mean, that wasn't even 10 seconds. But we don't leave any space for one another to think. We believe somehow that in our dialogues with one another, the minute I ask something, you better respond right back to me. And if you don't, then I probably didn't answer the question right, so let me do it again. And, and we fill our lives with words. And it's harder to seek God when we're using so many words. So ask and shut up. Um, know that the Holy Spirit is the one who will be helping you are not going to do this on your own strength. You don't have to. Do you remember? Do you remember that when you said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came within you. He dwells inside of you. Jesus says that he is both in us and with us. You are not going to do this on your own strength. It's a couple more principles. And I need to give you time to do it. Um, listen to what the person is telling you. What are they thinking? What are they feeling? What are they doing? Really listen before you ask it. I, I gave you an example here with Alex. It's much better to, than to just kind of do that. It's much better to actually be in conversation and we hear what they're talking about. And then we related to what they're sharing, related to where they are. We invite them to look for God in their life. Another principle, consider a response that opens the door for them to look for God's activity. Ask a question that brings God into our awareness. Offer silence. I say it again so that you can actually think about and consider what you've asked. So I'm going to give you a few sample questions right now. You don't need to use these questions, but I want to give you a few just to kind of, so you don't feel like, <gasps> what's she asking me to do? Um, so one question might be, where was God when that happened? So somebody's telling you that, um, that, that they just got news, you know, that their mom has Alzheimer's, you know, and to ask the question, oh, I can't imagine how terrifying this is. Where do, you, where do you think God is in your mom's life right now? Okay, where is he when something's going on? Um, if you could directly look into God's face, imagine his expression. How is he looking at you? How was he looking at you when that happened? You know, you tell me that your boss came in and said you were fired. Ah. Oh. Where was God? And, and as you look at him on that moment, what, what was God's face towards you? Another one. What does God want you to know about that situation? What's he trying to tell you, but you're too busy and yappy to hear? If you could hear God talking with you right now, what do you believe he would say about that? Those are just some samples. Do you feel like you know what you're going to do now? Okay. Now, you're going to think of the conversation that God gave you a moment ago, and I want you to consider what God question might be helpful. And I want you to write down some God questions, okay? Can you do it? You okay with this? Move your heads for me. You okay? All right? Go for it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You can do this. 
Amen.